Welcome back to the Let the Games Begin podcast. Today, I interview Emily Wiseman, who works as a public relations strategist at Riot Games. Prior to this job, Emily worked in corporate communications with the San Francisco 49ers. Also, she previously interned with the NCAA as well as the Indianapolis Colts. In the interview, she discusses the value of social justice in sports, the key principles to public relations and communicating a brand, and much more. So enjoy. Welcome back to the Let the Games Begin podcast. Today, I'm here with Emily Wiseman, who currently works as a public relations strategist at Riot Games and previously worked for the San Francisco 49ers and interned with the NCAA and the Indianapolis Colts. So how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you doing? Good, good. So I I wanted to start out asking you, so you worked for the Colts, the NCAA, the 49ers. Were you always like set on working on sports or in sports or was it more like the public relations sides? You know, I grew up playing sports my whole life and kind of fell into it. Um, I was an athlete in college and didn't really know what a career in sports looked like on the business side and just fell in love with working in an athletic department while I was a student athlete and couldn't think of a better way to combine my love of sports and making a difference, whether that's in student athletes' lives or in a community's life. And then, so you talked about you played a sport. Um, did that, did like the athlete perspective, how did that contribute to like, or like give you an advantage in working within sports teams? Yeah. So I definitely say it would give me an advantage because I knew, I knew what the commitment was like. I knew what athletes gave up in their daily life, um, to contribute to their sport. And that definitely helped me a lot with my first internship out of college, which was with the NCAA, Um, the whole point of the NCAA is to give student athletes the opportunity to get a great education and play the sport they love. So having that firsthand knowledge for sure contributed to me being able to be successful in that role. Do you think like working in the sports industry, you need to play a sport or is it fine if you like you haven't, or you haven't played like a high level, like you played in college. Yeah. So not played a high level and what perspectives they just have to understand yeah, I think it's I think it's totally possible. Um, I would say a good amount of the people I interned with at the NCAA and worked alongside everyone from interns up to directors and above. Um, not all of them were athletes, but you have to have some sort of passion. So whether that's for education, for community, for inclusion, for diversity, for sports, championships, whatever it is. Um, as long as you're passionate about something that the work connects to, I don't think it matters if you played a sport at a high level or played when you were five years old in AYSO soccer kind of thing. So you talked about the passion. How did you find your passion for it? Um, I would say college, um, not only was I a student athlete and I played soccer, um, but I also managed the men's basketball team. I was the um, SAC president. So SAC is student athletic advisory committee. Um, there's one at every college. I'd never even knew that existed, but that gave me a leadership role where I had a voice in helping make a difference for my fellow student athletes at the um, higher education level. So I was in the room with our ADs, our school president, um, and I really got to be involved in a lot of decisions and really make an impact for myself and my fellow athletes. Awesome. And then like, so a lot of people are like people listening to this, looking to get into like the industry, sport industry that you worked in. So you mentioned like all the roles you had, the opportunities you got, but like, how did you like actually get them? Like, what was the process going into that? Or how you climbed the ladder? 
Yeah. So, I mean, a huge, the way I got into the NCAA, a lot of luck I attributed it to some, for some reason, my resume stood out and I made it through. Um, but after that, it was all networking. It was all who, you know, so once I was at the NCAA, um, I in, also internship interned with the Colts at the same time. I got that gig through one of my colleagues at the NCAA made really great relationships with my colleagues at the Colts, with my boss. They introduced me to my next opportunity, which was with the Niners. Um, I was working during the NFL combine, which happens to be in Indianapolis. So they introduced me to my former boss at the Niners, who then gave me the opportunity at the Niners. And it's all about keeping those relationships, keeping up with them, and just making sure that you're authentic when you have those opportunities to interact with people from different organizations or at different levels, whether that's like a networking event or um, just when you're meeting people outside of work. And then, so you talked about building up the relationships and keeping them. So how did you actually like keep those relationships? Like you get the contact, you talk to someone, but how do you like make it authentic and not just like check up when you like want something? Like what is the process or what do you? Yeah, so there's a couple ways to go about it. I mean, you can be really tedious. You can set calendar reminders and every three months, every six months, set a reminder to check in with whoever it is. Um, obviously make sure you follow them on social media, on LinkedIn, so that when something comes up, whether it's in their own life or, you know, with an organization like, Hey, I just saw you guys signed a partnership with Microsoft. That's super cool. Like, hope you're doing well, just like finding authentic ways, um, to reconnect or being really deliberate and like setting a calendar reminder. It seems silly, but it gets you into that practice of remembering to check up on people and then keeping a database make sure that um like you have an excel spreadsheet as silly as that sounds and like list all your contacts and like the last time you checked in and how you met them and all that which method did you use um yeah so i definitely i have my excel spreadsheet like i every job I mean, I have to attribute that to my mom and like my first internship, her like telling me to do this and I've kept up with it. Um, definitely when I first was starting out, like I set those reminders and now just because I have really built those relationships and I'm a little farther into my career, um, I try to do it on like those like spur of the moment, like, hey, I saw this or that or um, trying to, I don't do as, I probably honestly should probably get back to setting reminders for myself, but um, I have that Excel spreadsheet and it has definitely come in handy. That's very, no, that's very useful. I'm, a, I'm, I'm going to try and like start doing that. Cause like, just like people right now, just like you talk to like a college admissions representative and then, yeah. and then for your time, like working with the teams or all these opportunities, do you have like some, or one or a couple standout experiences? You're like, Oh, I'm here. This is just like a shock. Like, what is this? I have to say, um, I am extremely fortunate the experiences I have had. Um, first one off the bat was working the men's final four in Minneapolis. Um, that was the last kind of um, normal final four prior to COVID. Um, that was the most incredible experience for sure. Getting to stand on that court and getting to see, I think Virginia won and getting to see the confetti come down. I mean, so surreal. Uh, next would be my first season with the Niners. We went to the Super Bowl, um, and up until the last six minutes of the game, it was one of the best days of my life. Um, 
but still just getting to be in Miami, the NFC championship when we won at home at Levi Stadium and being on the field after the game when the confetti's going and our players are lifting the trophy and then getting to hold the trophy myself like later on, like, I mean, who gets to say, very few people get to say they've done that. Exactly, yeah. So that's like a positive, but like, what would you say has been like the biggest learning experience you've had working these jobs so far? Setback, failure? They're not easy. Um, you sacrifice your personal life for sure. Um, and if you're not careful, your mental and physical health as well. I mean, going back to that Super Bowl season, it was for sure one of the best experiences of my life, but I was working and I'm fortunate I was in the NFL, which is, you know, only six months out of the year, you're only playing one game a week. I can't even get into the NBA and MLB and people who are on the road all year, but it was a long and exhausting season. I mean, on game days, they're 15 hour days. I was eating dinner at 2 a.m. I was getting up at 6 a.m. Like it's a crazy experience. And if you're not careful, it can really like take over your life, but it's an incredible one. So um, I've definitely have to learn the hard way of taking care of yourself, but also, I mean, you do what you got to do, especially when your first couple of years, it's a grind for sure. And you don't make it by not grinding, but at the same time, you have to be careful of that grind. So how did you like recognize like that? It was like a little, it could be a little destructive and how did you like balance? How did you balance it out though, or catch it? It's I'm still learning for sure. Um, I think it's a learning process. I think having people around you who are also going through that is really important. And I like I can remember we were, you know, in Miami at the Super Bowl and I tell this story a lot. And one of my bosses was like, I forgot to eat lunch today because how he coped with stress, which was like not eating. And I was over here like snacking on my like seventh bag of chips. And I'm like, well, how I cope with stress is eating. And it was like recognizing that in each other and him being like, okay, well, I was like, you need to eat. And he was like, okay, you need to like, if you're stressed, like, what can I do to help? And just like, really leaning on your colleagues, even when you're starting out, like, obviously you want to do a great job, but like no one wants to see you like fail. And so burnout is super real, but at the same time, like just having colleagues and like recognizing it in one another, um, that's what's helped me. And I've been very fortunate with just the colleagues and bosses I've had. Awesome. Awesome. And then another thing for working in sports or just public relations, what's the yeah. biggest myth surrounding it? Um, that it's glamorous. I mean, again, I told the story about like the Super Bowl in the final four, but like very few people get to that point. And like, yes, you get to interact with players sometime, but like you don't really like, it's not like a glamorous job. Like, I mean, you're walking them to a podium sometimes like you're not, it's not like this, like glamorous, like, oh, I'm interacting with all these celebrities. We're going to become friends and go golfing on the weekend. Like it's a job, like they're there to do their job. You're there to do yours. Like, it's not this like fancy, shiny life. There definitely are those moments if you're lucky, but most of it is just like a super grind. And the people you're interacting with most are like media members. Like if I like splitting time, like you're way more with media than you are with players. Uh, then what like made you like stay in it and why do you still enjoy it? 
I love storytelling. Um, that is like my passion. And when I can connect that to like community. So my focus at the Niners and a huge part of um, what I do at Riot Games is I work with like our community and our social impact teams. So at the Niners, like I did a lot with the foundation. I got to interact with the community a lot. And you see the impact that like sports and what these guys go out and do on a Sunday, like have an impact on an entire city and how it can make a difference, how they can use their platform for good, whether that's donating meals or supplies or helping spread the word about getting a vaccine. Like there's so many things that sports gives pl a platform to. Um, it's incredible. And my job as a PR person is to spread that message and to tell that story. Um, I can't think of like a cooler thing to do. Yeah. And then how do you see like the trend going with all that, like the using sports as a platform, like with the 49ers, I know you put on your Twitter, there's like the NFL, they had their voting campaigns. The 49ers had like the digital yeah. huddle. Jed York gave like a million dollars to social justice organizations. So like, how do you, you see that just like progressing, trending upwards completely? I mean, yeah, I think players have more of a voice, especially with social media, they can make more of a difference than ever before. But with that also comes like the devil's advocate side of like, with power comes great responsibility with your social media, like you have to also be really careful. And as a PR person, it's my biggest fear when someone like goes out and tweets something and I have no control. Like, you think like, you think that we control over people's Twitters. Like, unfortunately we don't. Sometimes I wish we did, but like the players, organizations, like they have the power to get their message out. Sometimes like they don't even need us. So it's kind of like use their platform for hopefully good. Um, and you just kind of hope to hope you train them well enough to do that. Were there any times you had to like, or like some, someone in the organization you work with or a player like posted something or did something and you're like, you had to like handle it right away or it's like, how do you clean that up? Luckily, um, I was way above my pay grade whenever those happened. Um, but yeah, there's definitely those moments. And, but at the end of the day, it's not rocket science. I mean, we're not sending, you know, people to the moon or curing a disease. Like at the end of the day, it's sports. And you kind of have to use that like juxtaposition of like, at the end of the day, like it's sports and like everything will be okay. Um, and like reminding yourself that like, yes, sometimes it feels like the end of the world, but there aren't really, the stakes aren't as high as sometimes you feel like they are. Still like to, to perform the job and like, what have you learned as like key principles from like public relations, managing a brand, it doesn't even have to be a sports, yeah. like the riot, like. Yeah, I mean, you have to know the brand, you have to know the community, you have to know the subject matter. Um, getting into football, like I never played football. I was never a huge football fan growing up. Um, but when I got to the Niners, I committed to like knowing the Niners brand, knowing the players, knowing the community, knowing what we stood for. Um, and that's my biggest advice for anyone. I jumped from the sports industry to the video game industry. I knew nothing about video games, but I like was like, okay, I'm going to do this. So I'm going to learn the craft. I'm going to learn what makes players tick. I'm going to learn about esports, all this stuff. Cause you have to know the brand. You have to be passionate about it. And you have to be able to communicate that to a wider audience, whether that's a media member or, you know, a platform on, you know, millions of followers on Twitter or whatever that may be. Um, but the biggest skill set in PR is just being personable. You have to interact with so many different people 
that you just have to really know how to build authentic relationships. And that goes back to networking and like finding authentic ways to keep in touch with people. And that's a huge PR skill. And then the biggest one is knowing how to write. I mean, I couldn't tell you grammar, writing, like that is the most important thing and it's super underrated. So I went from writing, you know, 70 page literature papers to press releases and tweets. Like it, at the end of the day, like you gotta be a good, good writer. And you talked about like the being personable, interacting with people. What about like, how do you handle it with people? Like you just don't like the person, but like for the job, for the profession, how do you handle that? I mean, it's a job. You got to put on a smile. You got to put on a good face and you got to do the work. It doesn't matter if you don't like them. If you don't see eye to eye at the end of the day, they're a human being and you should respect them. And like, that's the mindset you got to have. Exactly. And then I wanted to transition to like, you talked about some social matters earlier, more yeah. specifically. So like I, I interviewed Felicia Israel, worked at the NBA for a lot of years. And she talked about like the rise of women in sports, the traditionally yeah. male dominated industry. Like you see with the teams you work for, the 90, 49ers, like Katie Sowers coaching, like how do you see that progression going and what's the importance of it just overall? I mean, I can't emphasize enough how incredible the women that I've had the privilege to work with are at their job. Um, they're just as qualified. Some are even more qualified than others. Like um, it's just you got to give people the opportunity if they deserve it. And you got to give women, people of color, minorities, like everyone the opportunity to get in the room. Um, I definitely see it trending upwards. We're definitely making a huge difference. I mean, there are so many incredible women and, in, you know, face of teams and broadcast roles and on camera. Um, it's definitely going the right direction, but it's nowhere near where it should be. What do you think needs to happen or continue to happen to get it where it should be? just give opportunities. I mean, women deserve them. People of color deserve them. And the more we give those opportunities, the more it becomes the norm. I mean, that's the whole point is we don't want to have discrepancy. Like we want to give everyone equal opportunity. That's all that anyone wants. And you think, how, how was your experience with the, the 49ers with that? How did you see them using that? Or how did, how did you like in your role contribute to that? I'm, I mean, I had a really, I had a wonderful experience at the Niners. I can, I can speak so highly of the people I worked for, the people I worked with, the women I worked with, the women I worked for. Um, I have nothing but positive things to say about my experiences there, my experience at the NCAA, my experience at the Colts. Like I have been very, very fortunate in my career. And I know not everyone has been afforded that same luxury. And then something else I saw when I was reading up on you is like you worked in college, you helped coordinate like the like a special Olympics day. And what did that mean? And what is the importance of like that as well? Yeah, so that was my work with SAC, the Student Athletic Advisory Committee. I mean, a huge part of that was creating opportunities for student athletes to give back to their community and to raise money and raise funds and um, give back to whatever college you're in. There's a huge community around you who supports you. And so um, I loved events. I loved working events. I love coordinating events. I still have that through line runs, um, throughout my entire career of, I just love putting together event, working hard, and then seeing the end product. And in the case of special Olympics, which is an organization that I have worked with multiple times. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing greater than the feeling of like seeing people and kids, like just having a really great time and, 
just enjoying themselves. And that's both the student athletes and uh, the participants. Yeah. And then, so you talked about transitioning, you talked about, so you worked in sports for multiple years. And now you're in like video games. You said not exactly esports, but so what does it say about the skill set that you learned from like working in sports that you were able to transition to like a completely different sector? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like comms, PR, um, that's a career path in and of itself. That's the skills that you have from that can translate to any industry, no matter what you're in. It really doesn't matter if, again, like if you know how to communicate well, you know how to write, you know how to represent a brand, you can do that in any industry. Um, So it's very transferable. Like I said, as long as you are committed to the brand and the industry and passionate about it and want to tell their story, um, I think you can lane swap as often as you want. So what's the story you're telling at Riot right now or what's their... Yeah, I mean, it's it's an incredible organization that it's global and we reach, oh, we have a hundred million players around the world that we get to impact with all of our games. Um, I never really, the scope is just grows by the day. Um, I get to interact with people all around the world. Uh, so it's a really cool opportunity and our games really create community and really bring people together. And that's just a wonderful thing, especially now. And then, so what would you say, just like a final piece of advice for someone perspective, like my age, maybe in high school and college, like looking to get into the sports industry or public relations, just like a piece of advice to like make that leap. Um, Don't be afraid to cold call. Don't be afraid to email if you really want to go, if you really want to work for a team, if you really want to work in a certain city, go for it, research the team, research, just do your homework is my biggest advice and intern, intern, intern. Don't be afraid to intern multiple times if you're able to. Um, I know that's a luxury that not everyone has just financially moving around the country, but I can speak to the NFL. There's only 32 teams in the NFL. If you want to be in PR or comms, there's only a few internships with every team. It's really competitive. And if you don't get hired at the end of the season, it's not because you didn't do a good job, possibly. It's just because maybe they just don't have room. So you got to go to the next team or you got to go to the next opportunity until you're finally in the right place at the right time. A lot of it is luck. A lot of my experience and my career path has been total luck. And I will never take credit for that. I mean, I think I do a good job, but at the end of the day, right place, right time. So don't give up is my, is also what I would say. Like, if this is what you really want to do, go for it. You mentioned with the, just real quick, the cold calling, how did yeah. you get over that? Like that block of like of war, fear, worry about cold calling? Like, yeah, I mean, I say cold calling, but no one really like picks up. Like, yeah, not call, call, like email, like yeah, yeah, yeah. email, DM on Twitter, all that. I mean, you got nothing to lose. Like at the end of the day, they were in your position once too. Um, not every people are busy. Not everyone has the time. That's super fair. Um, but also join like networking groups. There's all these like groups on like Twitter and through like social media is an incredible platform in and of itself to connect, find, you know, the entry-level person, the coordinator, whatever at the team you like DM them and just like, Hey, can I just do an informational interview? I'd love to learn about what you do. If they don't get back to you. Oh, well, if they do, 
then there you go. There's your connection. Makes a lot of sense. Thank you. I, I really appreciate this a lot. Is yeah. there anything you'd like to like add or any last words? Um, no, I would just say that also sports is not just traditional sports. I mean, there's all different levels. College athletics is an incredible industry. There's minor league teams, there's foundations, like sports is so broad. Um, don't just fixate on the NFL, the NBA, the MLB, the WNBA, NWSL. Like there are so many great organizations. Um, just don't close yourself off to like working for the big team because it's it can be glamorous sometimes, but also the best experiences sometimes you can get are at those smaller teams or at those smaller D3 schools where you get to do way more and wear a bunch of hats and you get a you get to learn way more than if you were at the you know big the big big man on campus kind of thing. Were you fixated before or I was not not at all. Um, I am come from a really small high school, went to a very tiny college that no one knows about. I was not fixated whatsoever on getting to the top. Um, the best experiences I've ever had are with people who have grinded and I respect my fellow D3 college administrators and SID so much because they, you have one person who manages the comms for 15, 18, 20 teams. At a D1 school, one comms person gets like two or three teams maybe. Like it is, I just respect every, all comms people, but like at those like lower level division three, D2, NAA schools, like they do it all. Awesome, awesome. Okay, thank you so much for this. I, I really I really appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, out. of course. I'm happy to help anyway.